What's up, guys? It's Lo, and you are tuned in to the 2020 Wind Down Wrap-Up. On this episode, I will be joined by content creators, including The Rest Friends, podcaster Sassy Steffi, journalist Robert DeFelice, Ella J, and the Queen of NE, to chat about WWE's year in 2020. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. brought in the queen of ne who better to talk about the return of the year in the wwe how are you queen hey girl i'm good how are you i'm great let's talk about it 2020 has been a innovative year with (laughs) the pandemic going on we really thought at the beginning of the year that this is going to be an amazing year the royal rumble was one of the big moments of the year and we saw a huge return there which I think was probably the biggest return this year I don't know if you agree or not but oh yes oh yes (laughs) the rated R superstar edge came back and seeing everyone's reactions in the arena was amazing but every time I rewatch that moment I get goosebumps like I watched edge when I first started watching wrestling and seeing him come back when we thought wow, he's done in his career, you know, he has neck issues, he's at home, he's with Beth Phoenix, he's with his two children, he's not coming back to the ring, and numerous times he said, I'm not coming back, and he bamboozled us. (laughs) He totally bamboozled us, and you know, it was one of those retirements when he made that announcement, it was so gut-wrenching because Mm -hmm. there was so much more left for him to do and you could kind of see it all over his face and with that injury that he had it's very serious Mm -hmm. so it's just one of those things where you see someone go through that and experience it and then retire you're like oh that's it we've seen everything we can see other than maybe some appearances or you know in storylines and things like that but but never wrestling again right right I feel like watching that Royal Rumble I, I do the same thing you do every now and then I just will replay it and I'll just mm-hmm. watch that spe- his specific moment. And you're right about the crowd, but it was almost this collective reaction for all of us online who were watching. We were texting each other, screaming in all caps on Twitter. <laughs> there he is. The radar superstar is back and he looked so good. And I'll never, ever forget. I think this is going to be one of the moments throughout wrestling history I won't ever forget is the emotion on his face Mm -hmm. and how much it meant to him that he was here. Mm -hmm. You know, what was interesting to me is how he did such a good job deflecting the rumors. We had talked about months and months ago. We thought that he was coming back, but he was very adamant. I'm not coming back. Like, you know, the dirt sheets can stop talking about it. And then he shows that special, the documentary on WWE Network. Here he is planning out his return as he's tweeting all of us that he's not coming back. It's like, how, how are you lying to us, Edge? Because he wanted it to mean something. And and he talked about that in that documentary, Mm -hmm. which I thought was so great. Um, That came out, I believe, Mania, right? Right after Mania? I think so, yeah. Yeah, right after Mania. And it was so special to watch that entire journey of him, you know, going through training and thinking, you know, talking about, oh, I just don't think this is ever going to happen. And then all of a sudden, he went to the doctors and they were like, hmm, maybe. And it was from that second, and he said, oh, I knew I, I had to do it. And even, even Beth Phoenix was like, I knew it was coming. <laughs> as, soon, <laughs> as soon as they said it's, it could be possible, you mm-hmm. know, and it was such a spectacular story, not just from that documentary, but his performance in the Royal Rumble when he got there. Right. It was like, almost like he never left in a way. Yeah. Which is so rare, I feel like, for comebacks and returns, mm-hmm. especially being gone nine that, years. Right, I mean, that long. That's a long time. So he just looked like he didn't miss a beat. I think he was in there for like 23 minutes. He was. Yeah, he was in there a significantly long time. Yeah, which is great. And, you know, and I was so angry, too, <laughs> when we were watching live and they missed the first spear. Right. I'm like, how do you miss the first spear? <laughs> Thank God they edited it in post, but. Oh, I was so upset. I was like, no, he took out Dolph. I want to see it. (laughs) I do want to talk about another return that happened at the Royal Rumble, which was Naomi. And I've talked about it before on the show. I felt like WWE didn't capitalize on having her return. And we did not expect to see her in the Royal Rumble. So seeing her in that moment, you know, she has her big, beautiful afro. She's excited to be there. She had a huge reaction. And 
she did amazing in the match, but after the fact, you know, seeing how she was booked or the lack thereof, it just was really disheartening. And we know that she's on the Raw roster now, but I just, I don't know how to feel. I think WWE really needs to capitalize on her. She has the same type of crossover effect that the Bellas have and Miz and uh, Maurice. And I just feel like they aren't doing the right thing with her. If they would have, I, 100%, I feel like she would have been probably top two for return of the year, but I feel like they just didn't play it right. They could have done so much more with her after she came back. She had this grand return. They could have catapulted her to any type of title position, whether it was Raw or SmackDown, and they just were kind of like, well, we'll have her, you know, compete in this karaoke contest on SmackDown or we'll have her face Lacey Evans. And it's like, but why? Like, what is the point, you know? Yeah, I struggle a lot with that one as well. Um, That return was so exciting. She looked good. She looked ready. People were hungry to see her again. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's finally going to happen. We're going to get the push for Naomi. She got this grand, you know, obviously everyone gets the entrance, but it felt grand, right? It felt like a big deal. And I was like, oh, we're going to get it. And then nothing. And And I'm thinking to myself as we're reflecting now here we are in December it was in January <laughs> like right. what are we doing why are we mm-hmm. wasting so much potential and I agree she has a lot of crossover uh, appeal as well just like the Bellas Ms. and Maurice she's very interesting and engaging both in and out of the ring and I think they could do so much more with her they dropped that ball big time in favor of something I have a problem with is is always constantly focusing on the four horsewomen you know when Becky left for maternity leave you know god bless baby's healthy now and boy so exciting, but that left a, a spot. Mm-hmm. And then Charlotte left a spot and I'm thinking, oh, we're going to get some women now pushing to the forefront. And mm-hmm. I'm really happy about Asuka. I thought they did very well with that. Throughout I this agree. Year. And then, you know, Sasha and Bailey, what a beautiful story. But there's holes that they could have propelled other women into. I'm like, this is the time. It's a pandemic. What do you have to lose? Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. This is the moment because we're all hungry for entertainment. So we're going to watch. Right. And that's the moment I felt they could have pushed Naomi forward and it just fell so flat. Who are you hoping to see return in 2021? Oh, I mean, I'd lie if I said I wasn't looking for Becky Lynch at some point. Mm. <laughs> But I am excited for her. I just feel like it's going to be such a fun moment for everyone. I agree, yeah. comes back later, you know, later in the year. I'd love like a SummerSlam moment for her. I just think it would be really fun. Like give her some time with the baby. Let her recover. Let her enjoy. Right, people think she's about to come back tomorrow. I'm, I'm like, like, no. Hello. Like, listen, <laughs> give her some time to bond with the baby and enjoy the baby. I think she, you know, she deserves that. All moms do. And, and you know, spend time with Seth and, and bond as a family really built to that moment though I I know it could potentially be a Wrestlemania thing which is also okay but yeah he's ready we're ready but I'm looking forward to her as far as that everybody else I I, I've been looking forward to Killer Cross's return but he came back so I guess that for 2020. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't sure if they were going to pull the trigger by the end of the year or not. Right. Yeah. I definitely I thought, was not ooh. expecting to see him back mm-hmm. anytime soon this year. I mean, it seemed like he was injured, what, three or four months ago. Yeah. And they said he would be out like six plus months and now he's already back. I mean, that's a great thing. Like we know that he, yeah. you know, he was able to return sooner than expected, but I also wonder how they're going to incorporate that into, you know, having him in the title spotlight with Finn Balor because he only makes the most sense to have that title shot against Finn but you know you have Kyle O'Reilly you have Pete Dunne you have Damian Priest there's so many other talents so I'm interested to see how NXT really meshes him into that whole title picture yeah it's gonna be really intriguing that's why I really didn't think it was gonna happen this year because they have so many other stories to play out and that's the unfortunate thing with injuries right especially if you're in a championship position as Finn well knows Mm -hmm. (laughs) from the universal title situation you know things move on and happen without you and it's not that he can't be in reinserted It's just, I was like, oh, but there's all these other stories that have been really kind of flushed out for us. I'm really excited about Kylo O'Reilly and I, Pete Dunn is very intriguing to me and, Mm -hmm. and what they could do with that. But I I was excited for 2021, but I, it's an early Christmas gift. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? You know, I kind of want to see John Cena return. I've seen some rumors online that, you know, they're thinking about having him and Orton in a match to figure out who will beat Ric Flair's record. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be an intriguing match because we know John Cena has not really wrestled for a while. He had his match with the Fiend at WrestleMania, but that, honestly, I wouldn't count that as a match because it was more like cinematic, theatrical stuff. We didn't really yes. see a match itself, but I think John Cena has really leaned out. He is a Hollywood star now. He's gone Hollywood, as I like to 
to say, but WWE is his roots. And I could see him coming back eventually, you know, maybe for that last run that we all kind of hope will happen, but still kind of sad for us to see. But obviously John Cena is going in the WWE Hall of Fame at some point in his life. And I think right now would be the perfect time. I mean, seems like he's nearing out his career. Maybe he could do what Edge did. I don't know. I think that would be great, actually. And I know he's making movies and all that and have to be within his movie schedule. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's still COVID times, so things are getting pushed. And maybe that would give him an opening to give us something in early 2021 towards Mania. Thank you, Queen, for joining me today. Where can the people find you on social media? Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Y'all can find me on Twitter at thequeenofne. I have Sassy Steffi here, a fellow podcaster, to chat about the Sad to See You Go superstar of 2020 in the WWE. How are you? I love your festive hat. You guys should see it. She has on cheetah leopard pant with Santa hat. I'm loving it. And I got an ugly Christmas sweater on. (laughs) He has like chucks on. Like, look. Oh, how cute. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for those who can't see it. (laughs) So you said that you have a list of five people who you were just gutted to see leave WWE this year. Who are those people? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously with the COVID situation and all of the superstars that were released at the one time, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's just so many people that I was like, oh man, they're such great characters. But like, I understand, like obviously money and situations are tight. Right. COVID, you can't have too many people at the at the arena at the same time. So a lot of a lot of people that left that I thought was sad. I put at number five, Mike and Maria Kanellis. Mm. I felt like they never really got a real opportunity to go out there and show what they could do because everybody knows in pro wrestling that they are such an amazing couple and what they can do is amazing. They're both they have like so much unlimited talent in their pinky fingers. And I feel like they didn't get to show that. And that's why they're number five on who I was sad to see leave. I agree with you. I think they were such a huge signing. Everyone was so excited to finally see them in the WWE, specifically Mike. You know, we had seen Maria in the WWE for years. And finally, you know, she got married. She was excited to come back with her husband. They had a great theme song. Everyone thought they're going to be the end all and be all. And somehow, some way, it just it didn't happen like that. And Mike has been really candid on on, you know, his addiction and stuff like that. And, you know, Maria had a child, so she was out on maternity leave for a while. But it just seemed like WWE just didn't know how to utilize them. And I almost think about like how Miz and Maurice are like they almost could have had Mike and Maria in the same kind of capacity that they have them, even though, you know, Maurice has been in and out because she too has had children. So Mm -hmm. I just think WWE just didn't know what to do with them. We saw Mike towards the end of his contract. He put out this long message about, you know, he just didn't want to be there anymore. He felt some type of way about being there, making a paycheck, but not actually earning it. And we thought, okay, he's going to get released. We're ready to see him go. And they just kept him in the contract. He didn't get his release until, later on and he was on 205 live for a while you know maria was out of course but i just feel so bad for them they had such a decadent run in all of these other companies and they get to the quote-unquote largest professional wrestling company and it's shocking what they did to them yeah i mean like i said they have unlimited talent between the both of them obviously with maria just having another child like okay we get that but like mike i feel like without Maria there with I don't know if like they feel like Maria's his star power or something like they just didn't do anything with him and like I felt bad for him because again he is extremely talented I mean we've seen him many places other than WWE before and you know it's just it's a waste that they didn't get to use them to their ultimate capabilities agreed so at number four which he's gone from WWE but not necessarily wrestling in general and that's Zack Ryder I love Zack Ryder. I've loved him since he started back, I think it was maybe 2010 or 11 with his Mm -hmm. YouTube show. I have absolutely loved everything that he has done. And even when they weren't properly using him at WWE, he was still like, still one of my favorite superstars. And then when he won the Intercontinental Championship a couple of years ago at WrestleMania, which nobody saw coming, was like this iconic moment. And so to see him gone breaks my heart because I love Zack Ryder. Woo, woo, woo. (laughs) (laughs) Let me start and climb on my soapbox. So 
I was a fan of Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder when they first started, when they still had the long hair and they were known as the major brothers. I liked them then. And then, you know, they were with Edge for a while. They teamed with them and they still talk about that today, how legendary that experience was for them. Um, They obviously went their separate ways and Zack Ryder became the single superstar. And he had the woo, 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 you know it. Like he was just, he was very popular and even though they weren't putting him on TV, like you said, they he still tried to market himself by having a YouTube channel. And I feel like most people think this as well. But if he wouldn't have believed in himself and made a YouTube channel and still made a name for himself, I don't think that he would have won the Intercontinental Championship. Oh, and I feel like they would have not propelled him to be on TV for a while there. I mean, he had a really big push for a while. And then again, he kind of just fell off. I think it's really what WWE did to him. He had, I think he brought in a lot of money for them, not only as a wrestler, but again, the YouTube channel, his project with Kurt Hawkins, where they reviewed all the different action figures and collectibles. And now WWE is doing a whole spinoff when they had the two perfect guys to host the show on their roster. They fired him. A couple months later, now they decide to do the show, which I think it's ironic timing, but who knows? You know, these projects are always thought about way in advance, so you never know. They might have had them in mind and then figured, well, you know, we're not utilizing them, so we're just going to get rid of them. But, yeah, you know, he's still competing. He's still wrestling, which is great. I It seems like he is in very high spirits. You know, a lot of people that were released – for the most part, we really haven't heard from a lot of them or they're kind of just trying to figure out where to go. But he seems like throughout everything, and he was with WWE for a long time, he's just really remained positive. And I think that's the best way to do it. You know, this experience came to an end that you dreamed of since you were a child. But, you know, there's so much more opportunity out there. And I think he'll really find success in another company. I do, too. When he first went to AEW, he did what, like two or three appearances there. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what they do with him. And then I was like, "Okay, he's gone. Where, Where did it go? I like him. Can we bring him back, please? Because like you said, with the positivity that he has, his character is just infectious and you want to root for him Mm -hmm. no matter what the situation, you know? So to see him go for me was very sad. I like seeing him in AEW. I hope that he pops out somewhere else throughout 2021. And, you know, I hope he just has all the best luck. Back to what I was saying about him being marketable. That's also, too, why I kind of just don't understand why WWE let him go. And it's sad to see him go because of many reasons, but especially that, you know, and I've talked about it with like Naomi and stuff like that. They're not utilizing these superstars who are popular outside of the ring. And again, Zack Ryder had that and they just. I don't understand what they were doing. Like they just they didn't capitalize on it. They had a great performer who could make them some money and they just I guess didn't see it sad well, to see I, him go yeah I know uh several months ago now I had uh Jesus Ricardo Rodriguez on my mm-hmm. podcast and he said that the reason why WWE is so into social media now is because of Zack Ryder so without Zack Ryder it probably would have happened anyway during the future but because right. of what he started with the internet championship and his YouTube show and all of that it's all because of Zack Ryder so I, that, I always find that interesting when, when that comes up. So number three that I'm sad to see lead WWE, but I actually think for him, it's for the better, is Rusev. Yes. I, because yes. he is <laughs> killing it in AEW. I, he, I like AEW's product a lot. I love mm-hmm. WWE, always will. But AEW right now, what they're doing is fresh. It's new. I love the new perspective that they give to wrestling compared to the other companies. And so sad to see him leave WWE, especially since he's there with his wife, Lana and all that. But obviously she's doing well on her own. He's doing well on his own. So it's probably better for them the way it is now. But just sad to see him leave because he's such a, again, a Rusev day, another huge marketing thing that they had. And they just kind of went nowhere with it. For a while, the crowd was into it. They were selling the shirts. Right. They weren't doing anything really with the character. Can we just talk about the fact that an article came out a couple months ago stating that Vince McMahon took Rusev Day as a joke? Like, it was a rib to Rusev. And meanwhile, you have all these fans across the world buying these shirts, saying Rusev Day, putting it on social media. And they didn't think, wow, this is a great marketing opportunity. It's not a joke anymore. The fans have 
caught on to it. They actually really love it. We know Lana was doing Lana Day for a while. So mm-hmm. it's really frustrating how they used him. And I always think about when they started releasing people and he was one of the last ones to be announced that he was released. I think he said something before WWE did. And it was a very vague message. And everyone was like, did you get released and tweeting him and stuff? And then finally they put his name out. He was not treated the way that he should have been in the WWE. He's a bigger guy. We know Vince loves big guys in the WWE. He was dominant. He was able to have a great manager with his wife, Lana, and he was able to do it alone as well. And like you said, he was very marketable with the Rusev day. So I just don't understand where they missed the mark there. But I'm glad to see that that hasn't stopped him. We thought he was retired. He was on Twitch saying, I'm done with wrestling. I'm done. And people were like, really, man? Like, are you really done? And then here he is on AEW. So I'm glad that he sees that there's other opportunities out there and that, you know, just because WWE didn't treat him right doesn't mean that another wrestling company in terms of AEW will treat him right and will use him for the talent that he is worth. Absolutely. I mean, I think when Rusev first came in, they really knew what they had with him as far as Mm -hmm. talent went. But then as time went on after the split with Lana and then Aiden English, and it was like, you're getting far too far away from what he is at the core. Just let him do that. Yeah, right. But what are you going to say? So number two, this one was probably the most shocking of all coming just a couple of weeks ago. And I'm sad to see her go because A, she's one of the best promo people out of anybody in WWE. And she was on fire with either her matches she was finally getting matches and she was you know with Andrade and um Angel Garza so very shocking to see Selena Vega go and I just it made me sad like I understand there was some kind of backstage she believes in unions two minutes later she's fired whatever the backstory was doesn't matter still shocking to see her go still sad to see her go because she was on top of her game I agree I think she had a very strong showing with Andrade she was a great manager and you know she really was able to build up that momentum as a singles competitor on her own you know she was facing off against Asuka she was drafted to Smackdown and people were excited to see what was next for her and everything going on with WWE and the unionization and not being able to use Twitch and Cameo and stuff I'm glad that she stood up for herself at the end of the day, and she's doing extremely well in her Twitch endeavors. I've read that she makes more on Twitch than she did in her WWE contract, which still bamboozles me. And I've read about it multiple times. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. But I don't think she's done in professional wrestling. I think right now she's probably just going to build up that fan base on Twitch because you really can't do that in person right now with COVID going on and everything. So I think she's really going to take the next couple months and really build up fan interaction on Twitch and the other websites. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. And you know what what really gets me? And I mean, this has been said many times over in different podcasts and different dirt sheets and stuff. And I've never looked at a WWE contract, so I don't know this to be fact. But from what I've heard, is you're an independent contractor. You are taking care of your own self. You are not an actual employee of WWE. So in my mind, if I'm an independent contractor, which in wrestling, when I was you know wrestling a couple of years ago, that's what I was as well. Mm-hmm. That means I can go out and make another income however I choose. Like for example, NXT now, I don't think it's quite the same because of course they have the PC and all of that. But back in the day, like I know when, like OVW, when they were there, like I know people that had multiple jobs because that developmental contract did not meet their rent, their their food, their gym fees, this, that, and the other. Okay. These people are going out. And I believe it was said one time with Paige, Paige makes like $45,000 a month on Twitch. That is income of one person for a year. And she makes that in a month. So imagine taking that away. That's a lot of money. And if I were those superstars too, I'd be furious because I'm an independent contractor. Speaking of Paige, so I've mentioned this on the show before and I've mentioned it on other podcasts, but she is still technically a WWE superstar and she's on Twitch still. And I, I looked up the other day, her contract does not end, I think, until 2022, 2023. And I think it's interesting that she's still on Twitch as well because you know, she's not an actual active superstar. She's not in the ring wrestling every week. And it almost makes me wonder, has she signed some type of like ambassador deal because she can't wrestle? She's not on TV at all. So what exactly are they doing with her to the point where she is still on Twitch? Is she getting fined? Like, I really want to know what the specifics are 
with that because there's some superstars who obviously are abiding by it. I mean, WWE was very strict according to the dirt sheets when they announced all of this and they were serious. They were like, we are going to find you. There's still people on Twitch. We know NXT superstars, they can still be on there, which I find incredibly interesting that they can still have these third party, you know, sources, whether it's Cameo or Twitch, but the main roster, so to speak, superstars can't. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword there. It's very interesting. I think it's probably with Paige's situation, like you said, she's not on TV. Maybe there is some kind of ulterior, you know, clause in there or something for right. she's not currently wrestling, but we don't know. Yeah. So it, it, it is very like, what is the real situation? Like side-eye, right. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll never know, right? And so that brings me to my number one superstar, sad to see go. And I think this is should be everybody's number one. Sad to see go after 30 years, The Undertaker. I'm, I wish I could show everyone how I'm looking at the camera. Okay. Yeah, she gave me some side eye. <laughs> I okay, so to... wait, before I go into Undertaker, tell me why you were giving me this major side eye. I'm <laughs> I feel the like side you're the eye. one right now. <laughs> I'm giving you the side eye because I don't think The Undertaker is fully done. And I think how they portrayed him in his last ride documentary about how he will never fully be done. It's like whenever Vince calls him up to be on something, he'll be there. I don't feel like he's fully done. And the whole way that WWE has really done this end of the dead man promotion tour almost has kind of like given me the side eye on it as well. He's in people, the undertaker, the same guy who hasn't broken kayfabe in how long is now in people magazine that you could buy at your local grocery store. Like how crazy does that sound? He was doing cameos. How many times have, had we really heard the undertaker speak in his career to the point where now he's on cameo. It's just, it's really strange to me. I don't believe he's fully retired. I think they're going to pull like a Shawn Michaels slash Ric Flair type thing where it's like, he has a public retirement, but he's in NXT. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's still active, but he doesn't wrestle all the time. Like we've seen Shawn Michaels who retired how many years ago he's in Saudi Arabia making that Saudi money. He's in NXT every couple weeks, months. It's like, are you really retired? You know what I mean? So I'm interested to see how WWE is going to slide him back in on us without people being like, what the hell? I thought he was done. Yeah. And I do understand that, but like, I feel like, cause watching that documentary that you were talking about on WWE uh, network, you know, he's like, I've been trying to be done before. And I go out and I have these matches and I'm like, no, I got to come back and I got to do one better than that. But to me, the AJ Styles match at WrestleMania this year, that cinematic style, Mm -hmm. it was so beautifully told. It was like this picture perfect way to go out. And of course, you have him on the motorcycle with the hand up at the end, which of course he does that every time anyway. But that was such like a if that was the Undertaker's last match, iconic way to go out. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I, I do agree with you. Yeah, they kind of left it a little open-ended there. But I do think in-ring, as far as like every year at WrestleMania, of course, he's missed a mania here or there. But, you know, every year at WrestleMania, I think he's had enough. I, and will he maybe go be a coach at WWE's PC Center? Maybe. I don't know. But I think he's happy in his life where he is. And that's why I think, you know, maybe he's doing these cameos and doing people. He's letting that character go. Hmm. In my mind, he's done the 30 years. He did his last WrestleMania match. He's happy. Now we can see Mark Calloway as a human being on Cameo and in People Magazine and the other the other uh, media things that he has been doing. So that way that character has come. He's laid him to rest. The kayfabe's over. He can finally tell his side of the story with everything. And then if he does come back, maybe it's as the Undertaker, but not the dead man character. Oh, yeah, I get what you're saying. And I think that's a good point to bring up. He Maybe he is separating from The Undertaker now to be that Mark Calloway. I think a lot of people I've read on Twitter a lot, people have had almost like not an issue, but it just feels weird to them to see him in this element, which I can understand. You know, if you've watched him for all these years and now he's not The Undertaker anymore, he's Mark Calloway, it might be a little bit weird. I remember someone specifically, um, one of our followers at It's Just Lovely, Whenever she sees The Undertaker in these, you know, these different promos and like people and stuff like that, she's like, why are they doing this to him? I grew up with this man. Like, stop it. You know, just let him rest or don't do any, <laughs> Don't do anything at all. I understand it from that aspect. But 
like you said, I think that's a good point. Mark Calloway needs money just like the rest of us. And if he's going to be in people wearing his little Reeboks or whatever he had on, let him do him. We will yeah, we'll I think, still see I think him it, either way. Yeah. And you know what? If it's weird because, you know, like we, we you mentioned the Shawn Michaels situation, like mm-hmm. you'll see him pop up every once in a while. And like sometimes he even shows up on Raw and maybe super kicks somebody or something. Me personally, I don't see The Undertaker doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he comes out on like an icon show, like how they've done those in the past, like yeah. COVID and all that kind of stuff goes away. Maybe like he comes out and just is like, you know, hey, I'm the Undertaker and then leaves. I don't see him, you know, doing a lot of physical activity. I mean, we've seen on that documentary that you even mentioned how many surgeries he's right. had, pain he's in. I think he's after the AJ style match and the way that, you know, the documentary led up to that. I think this was his final in ring but you know what money talks so vince mcmahon you never know and obviously he's gonna have a legends contract if he doesn't already absolutely and so he will definitely be around i just think that the character has come to an end he is resting in peace that's right say. <laughs> and you know what it's honestly it's very sad for me because i hate that he had that this time period of covid happened along the same time as the undertaker's retirement because he honestly deserves that goodbye in front of hundreds of thousands of people at WrestleMania and the time that they bring back the hall of fame and they induct him into the hall of fame. I mean, that place is going to be deafening Mm -hmm. because of how much respect that every single solitary person in the world has for him. I have to ask you then if, and when the undertaker is inducted into the WWE hall of fame, who would induct him? Do you think Vince would, or do you think there'd be multiple people? I mean, Kane has to be involved in there somewhere. That's a, that's a loaded question. <laughs> Cause I mean, Vince, I mean, obviously loves the undertaker for everything that he's done and mm-hmm. been in this business, but then you do have Kane, the brothers of destruction and the things that they grew together, you know, to even expand the Undertaker's character, not just right. Kane. Yeah, I would. I think it would be one of those two. I don't really think anybody else could really do it unless it was maybe Shawn Michaels, just because they had mm. multiple WrestleMania matches. But I think that's like if Kane's not available, right? Or Vince McMahon's like, I want to stay behind the scenes or something. Mm-hmm. But I honestly couldn't couldn't think of anybody other than those two really. Thank you, Steffi, for joining me today. Where can the people find you on social media? Okay, so you can find the podcast at Talking Sass on YouTube and any of your favorite podcast platforms. So yes, Patreon, Twitter, and Instagram at Sassy Steffi. So follow, subscribe, like, comment. I love it all. joined by the rest friends Iridian and Teddy and we are going to be chatting about the WWE superstars to watch in 2021. WWE has been very interesting as of late. We know that there are not fans really allowed in the arenas. NXT has kind of been doing their own thing, testing out having fans there, which is a whole nother story. But the superstars are still thriving out here. We've had some superstars called up to the main roster like Keith Lee. We've seen some involvement with NXT and Raw and SmackDown in terms of having Sasha go down and compete against Io Shirai earlier in the year. We're heading into a new year, and a lot of people love to wonder what is next for certain WWE superstars. So who do you guys think is going to be a superstar to watch in 2021? That's a hard question, but I am going to go with one of my favorite girls, Shotzi Blackheart, who right now is on NXT. She got signed in October of 2019, and since then... She has really been showcased and we saw her in the Royal Rumble this year, which was only two months after she got signed. So I think right then and there that goes to show you that they were really trying to push for Shotzi and she was a host of Halloween Havoc. She has been in a war games, not only in a war games match, but she was the captain. So I'm just really hoping that 2021 She's got that belt around her waist because she is a great character. And I think she sells. I think she's got a look. You know, you can go and sell her Shotzi helmets. You can go and sell like Shotzi tanks. There's just so much that you can do with her. And I think that Triple H and William Regal really love themselves some Shotzi. Is there anyone on the the main WWE roster that you feel like right now might not be getting their chance to shine that might 
eventually get there in 2021. What do you think, Teddy? Um, you know what? I'm going to say something a little controversial. I know that this person has been getting the spotlight. It's just that I don't think he's been given the, the right spotlight and it's Baron Corbin. I just always felt like one day Baron Corbin is going to be that guy that everyone is going to really like. I know most people hate him and they've been hating him since day one. Um, but I feel like one day he's going to be a big star. And at least I hope so, because I know I see so much potential in Baron Corbin. I, I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that people used to hate, just like Roman Reigns. People used to dislike Roman Reigns so much. And now look at him. He's like a huge star. And that's how I feel with Baron Corbin. I just feel like he hasn't been given the right spotlight. And he's been given so many stories. But I see him hopefully in 2021 being a champ and just being someone that everyone likes, you know, seeing past his arrogance. I like his arrogance. So I don't know. I feel like people could start liking his arrogance. I don't know. But yeah, that's the one person. Respect, you just want people to like him. No, I, you know what? I don't want people to like him. I don't need people to like him. I just know that he has the potential to be like a huge superstar. He does, especially because, you know, he's someone that clearly Vince McMahon loves, like his size, you know? <laughs> and I think he could be it. Oh, someone on the main roster. I really hope that Mia Yim gets away from retribution right now and gets her spotlight on her own because right now she is working well with Ali, who Ali is also getting pushed, which is great because he's a fantastic wrestler, but we're not seeing him in the ring as much. So I hope that Mia Yim would hopefully get the opportunity to really shine and get put into some good matches and good storylines in the main roster because coming up from NXT, I really thought that retribution was going to be something different for the main roster and add something fun. But right now it's just kind of like they're in the middle and I'm not super against them, but they're not really impressing me. So I hope that they really advance her storyline. When I think of NXT superstars who have come up to the main roster, who I think deserve an opportunity in 2021, I think of two people. So I preach on and on about Bianca Belair. And I think right now they're doing a great job in this storyline with her and Bailey. But I would love to see... Bianca used in a championship storyline, whether it's with Sasha or they have her face Asuka. I think, you know, she is very capable. And even if they wanted to have her in a tag team, I think she really was not treated properly in NXT. And we expected a lot more myself. And it seems like all of Twitter really expected Bianca to have her moment in NXT where she held that NXT women's championship and she never had that moment. So I think 2021 is the perfect time for her to be utilized. Um, she's had these vignettes over the past couple weeks, and now we see that she's really getting into the storyline with Bailey. So, you know, maybe carrying that over to the Royal Rumble and hopefully something at WrestleMania. But, you know, I think she's someone that's very capable that she's just waiting for her time. I think Naomi is someone else who very similarly to Bianca is just waiting for her time. She had her return last year at the Royal Rumble. And I think a lot of people expected, oh my God, this is her moment to shine. She's going to be in the title picture. She's right there for them to utilize. And they didn't. They had Lacey Evans in these storylines and other different people. And it really didn't make sense to anyone at all because we saw the amount of support, the amount of um, press that she got nationally for her, you know, her return. And they just didn't utilize her properly. So I'm hoping in 2021 they realize they need to wake the hell up and read the room and have her involved in title storyline because she did such a great job with that glow belt and it was something that we hadn't seen before. And that's what captures fans' attentions. That's what makes them want to continually come back and watch the product. My last one is Keith Lee, who it has been stated that he is returning to the Performance Center to strengthen his in-ring skills. And people are livid. People are wondering why he's going back. You just brought him up from NXT. Why does he need to go back down? We saw his, his special on the network where Vince is pretty much praising him. So it kind of contradicts what we saw on the documentary and what we're reading online, but he's mentioned in his, um, in his documentary, he's had a lot of setbacks. You know, he had a lot of death in his family this year and he was able to rise above that. And I think this is just another setback for him. I think them sending him back down to train a little bit more. Yeah. He's been in the business for a long time. He knows what he's doing, but them doing that, I think we shouldn't look at it as, Oh my God, it's so negative. He's still in the WWE. He's still competing. And I think he is another one who's just waiting for his chance to shine. And I think 2021 is definitely his year. There's rumors that he's 
set to compete at a, a three-way at WrestleMania. So we'll just have to see and hopefully that is actually what happens. Yeah, I would hope that that 2021 would get exactly what we want, but we'll see. Yeah, I definitely agree with all of those picks. All of those people are, they deserve so much more than what they have gotten. So much more. Do you think 2021 is Big E's year? A lot of people have been speculating that, you know, now that he's on his own, this is his chance to shine. Maybe he'll win the Royal Rumble. We saw his promo on Talking Smack with Paul Heyman, where Paul Heyman essentially said that Big E is in this place where he still needs the New Day to be relevant. And meanwhile, you have Roman Reigns, who you never hear anyone bring up the shield around him because he's built this strong character on his own. And the show ended with Biggie not saying anything. He just kind of sat in silence. And people are wondering, is this a buildup towards Roman and Biggie? They've put, you know, they've said online that Biggie will get a push. We're all expecting it. And we didn't expect the New Day to break up in the process, but, or split, not break up. But do you think this is his time? Do you think him going up against Roman, he's a strong competitor to have in the ring with Roman? Or do you think he needs more time to build himself up as a singles competitor in order to get to that match with Roman, supposedly? Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. I remember when the New Day were still together, there was rumors that Biggie was going to turn on them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's been talks about Biggie being on his own and doing his own thing when like I said, when the New Day were still together. Mm-hmm. And I hope 2021 is Big Easier. I would love to see, because Kofi has had his moment. So I feel like Big E's the right guy to have now. Yeah, so Big E, I feel, is really a star right now backstage. Like when he's not doing segments, talking smack, he's fantastic. He's the main character. Um, social media, he's the main character. But then when you get to the main roster, it's kind of like, oh, they're not really doing anything with him. Mm -hmm. And it's not surprising because we have seen this happen before. We were really in shock when they split up the New Day and they had him by himself. And we were like, whoa, you could push him with the New Day. But that's not the direction that they chose to go in. I would hope that in, in 2021, we would get him in more main events because Biggie is a star. Like we see it, we know it. And he does not need the New Day. It would have been nice to see him with the New Day because we right. all love them all together. But I, I don't know. I feel like they could do a lot with him. And hopefully they would involve him in a Roman storyline, like you said. Well, thank you, ladies, for joining me today to talk about who you think is up next in the WWE. Where can the people find your podcast on social media? You can listen to the Rest of Friends podcast anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. That can be on Spotify, on iTunes, on iHeartRadio. And you can find us on YouTube at Rest Friends. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Rest Friends. I am joined by fellow podcaster Ella J. And we are going to be chatting about the NXT superstars to watch in 2021. We've had a whole lot of talent join WWE, specifically NXT, in 2020. But do you have anyone in mind when you think about who's up next on the NXT roster to shine next year? So I have five people in mind. So it's funny that you talk about people who are signed in 2020 because I have two people on my list who I immediately thought of that signed this year. One we recently saw on NXT win the North American Championship against Johnny Gargano. Granted, he lost it back. But Leon Ruff, I feel like 2021 is going to be his year because they wouldn't have given him the title if they hadn't believed in him. So Leon Ruff is so athletic and he can definitely fit in with the likes of Johnny Gargano. I would love to see him against Finn Balor. He brings so much charisma and energy to the NXT roster. So I think 2021 is going to be a fantastic year for Leon Ruff. I definitely agree with you. I think Leon Ruff is such a fresh talent in NXT, and he's always so enthusiastic in the ring, and he's just so talented. And like you said, they would have not given him the NXT North American Championship if they didn't believe in him. You know, he was only on NXT a couple times before he actually attained that title, which is such a huge deal. And even to be associated with the likes of like Johnny Gargano or Damian Priest, who in their own right are such incredible superstars in the WWE, that means so much. 
watching it. And still speaking of talent that was signed in 2020, I was so thrilled when they announced that Brandy Lauren had signed with NXT and WWE because one, she's from the same hometown as me. In fact, she grew up right down the street, which is oh really, really cool. <laughs> so uh, just to see like Buffalo born, but Florida raised Brandy Lauren is really, really cool. You know, we saw her on Raw Underground this year. Mm-hmm. We saw her, um, she's been huge in Evolve. So to see her kind of work her way up and she's known for in the Florida area. So it was no shock that she was signed. She is an amazing talent, and I can't wait to see what attitude she brings to whether it's Monday Night Raw, SmackDown down the line, but I can't wait to see her officially debut in NXT, hopefully in 2021. I would think so. But continuing on along with the women I think are going to stand out in 2021, we got to talk about Raquel Gonzalez, yes. who has pinned the NXT champion Io Shirai and then pinned Ember Moon days later in NXT. Let, I'm so happy that Raquel is finally getting the opportunity she deserves to showcase herself. And I can see her getting pushed to the moon in early 2021. I love her partnership with Dakota Kai because Dakota is one of my personal favorite. But they're kind of starting to push Raquel as, you know, as a singles competitor. And we've seen her in a great match against Rhea Ripley lately. And she's starting to get on the rise and get up in the ranks in the NXT roster. And she's beaten everybody, it seems. So I can't wait to see what's next for her in 2021. I agree with you there. I think Raquel Gonzalez, when she first started out almost as like the body car for Dakota Kai, I was worried. You know, she is one of the taller females in the WWE. And I feel like that's so rare for people to see nowadays. We have Nia Jax. We have Rhea Ripley. And there are some of the taller, stronger women in the WWE. And I feel like that's what we need. We need diversity in the women's division. So I'm really glad that she's able to compete in NXT. But when she first started, like I said, I was worried. I didn't know if they were going to keep her in this position with Dakota and kind of lock her in that almost security slash bodyguard type thing with her. But I'm glad that they're letting her explore out and showing that she is able to compete with the best of them, like Io Shirai and Ember Moon. And I do like the confrontation between her and Rhea because it shows, you know what, these two tall, strong women are able to compete. We don't need to have like the typical quote unquote women's wrestler who people always like to say is the blonde hair with the blue eyes. I'm glad that they're going for someone that is not that. Seeing as she did pin Io Shirai at NXT War Games, I think that she is definitely in the title picture. And WWE knew what they were doing when they had her pin the champion. It could have been anyone. You could have had Tony Storm. You could have had Candice. You could have had really anyone. But they chose one of the newer talents that they've really been focusing on, which is Raquel. And I think it was such a great idea. So I definitely think 2021 is Raquel Gonzalez's year, whether she stays in NXT and strengthens her skills as an in-ring competitor or she's brought up to Raw or SmackDown to compete. I think she really will propel and be an amazing competitor wherever she decides to go or ends up. Now you bring up war games, which brings me to my next female who I think is going to have a breakout year. You know, we've seen her lately align herself with Candice LeRae and she is all the way from Australia. She is Indy Hartwell. Now she's been sporting a neck injury, whether it's legit or not, who knows? (laughs) Um, But to see the likes of Indy Hartwell aligned with one of the top and most trusted females in NXT, Candice LeRae has been incredible to see it. But I also feel like sometimes down the line they break up every pair lately right so i think if we were to get a feud between candace and indy it would it would propel indy's career and if they can have her come out on up on top against one of the main staples in nxt right now candace larae i think she'll go very very far and she's impressive that's why she's known as the impressive indy hartwell she's incredibly talented and i'm so happy that she's been showcased i just hope in the future we can actually see her as a singles competitor legitly and i think we'll definitely sometime down the line get a feud with Candice LeRae whenever this partnership ends. The final NXT superstar who we both feel like is going to dominate in 2021 is Kyle O'Reilly. We know that he's a member of the Undisputed Era and we know that Adam Cole had his singles run and he was NXT champion and Roderick Strong has had his own success as a singles superstar but Kyle O'Reilly has always been known as Bobby Fish's tag team partner. And I'm glad that NXT finally separated him and is making him into the single superstar. We've seen him compete against Finn Balor. He's going to compete against Finn Balor again 
And who knows, he might win that NXT championship. I think it's a great change of pace to elevate another superstar within the Undisputed Era other than Adam Cole. I think all four men are talented in that group. And seeing now that they're kind of keying in on Kyle Riley is a good thing. I think he has great fan interaction. He's amazing in the ring. He cuts a great promo. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with him in 2021 and uh, the Undisputed Era as a whole, you know. Many people have believed that Adam Cole will be called up to the main roster eventually as a singles competitor, just leaving the other three members of the Undisputed Era on NXT to pretty much fend for themselves. Some people think that the whole group will be called up, which would have been believable if Bobby Fish was not always injured. Now, I'm a huge fan of Bobby Fish, but I mean, his track record shows he's been injured a lot. And I think that might be why WWE is kind of halting them from being on the main roster. And I read that after war games, you know, there might be some concern because he's always injured. It seems like whenever they're really building up their momentum, something happens. So, you know, at this time, I think it's only smart to have Kyle Riley compete as a singles competitor. And I feel like he pretty much shows up and shows out in a main event match. How do you feel about Mr. O'Reilly? I'm really, really excited for Kyle because, like you said, he's finally getting a chance to shine and kind of kind of move away from that tag team stigma he might have had for the last few years. And he's finally getting to break out and show what he can do by himself as a single star. And, you know, we've seen him compete against the likes of Pete Dunne and Finn mm-hmm. Balor already, which are some top-tier stars, mind you that. But now bringing in this dynamic as Kyle as a single competitor, there's always that dynamic, whether it's in the forefront or in the back of everyone's mind, you're kind of probably going to feel like Adam Cole is going to be watching. And so there could be a little tension there built in between Adam Cole and Kyle because Adam, because Kyle's kind of going for Adam's former championship. So they can always build off of that too as well. (laughs) It's really interesting that you say that because a couple months ago when Kyle O'Reilly competed against Finn Balor for that NXT World Championship, we saw that Adam Cole was attacked by a newer superstar who is now out with injury. And everyone was trying to figure out who attacked Adam Cole. We saw Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong run out. They were trying to figure out what happened. And I feel like they were almost teasing the end of Undisputed Era there. So, you know, it's always probably been in the back of a lot of fans' minds. Well, what happened there? It kind of, they kind of like left us on pause with that storyline since the superstar who supposedly attacked Adam Cole was injured. Now, who knows if they'll play on that or not, but... I think it's interesting that they haven't said anything since. It's almost like they're this united front again, which I'm side-eyeing. I don't trust them. I feel like something fishy is going on. Word to Bobby Fish, because I said fishy. That's right. And, you know, it's always in the back of people's minds, like you say. And whether or not Kyle O'Reilly wins the championship, even if he doesn't, he can still have an amazing showing against Finn Balor. Mm -hmm. And always, you always have that built-in rivalry kind of within Undisputed Era, which either way, if Kyle wins as a solo star or loses, you always have plans for both ways. So I feel like either way, Kyle's going to be golden in 2021. Thank you, Ella J, for joining me today on Wrestling Wind Down. Where can the people find you on social media? Listeners can find a wrestling gal on Twitter and Instagram at a wrestling gal, and they can listen to my podcast anywhere where your podcasts are available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, basically anywhere you can get your podcast. And thank you so much for having me, Lo. It's been a pleasure again. It's a new year and there is so much talent in the wrestling world that could jump over to the WWE brand. I have brought in a professional, Robert DeFelice from FIFA is going to tell us who he thinks should sign with WWE in the near future. Yeah, this is going to be a really fun one. Uh, 2020 was a miserable year for everybody, but hopefully we can all turn that around in 2021 and get some new blood in WWE. There are a lot of people that are in these different companies right now, whether their contract is about to expire or maybe they're looking, you know, into the future, maybe the end of next year to sign with a different company. But who do you think will sign with the WWE or who do you hope to see sign with the WWE in 2021? So it's very interesting, right? Because the landscape now is so much different than it was a year or two ago before you know this question would come up and the immediate answer would be you know kenny omega or the young bucks mm-hmm. they obviously have a home in 
AEW now. So you look at other places, like you look at Impact Wrestling, Jordan Grace, her contract comes up in May of this coming year. And I think she would be an asset to any brand, any promotion. Really, she could elevate a women's division, even for WWE that already has women headlining WrestleMania. Um, There's also names like Ethan Page. A lot of talk about Ethan Page. I personally don't know if he is going to be a sought-after commodity for WWE without Josh Alexander, who is with Impact Wrestling through 2022. But, you know, Ethan Page is a very talented player. He gets the wrestling industry in ways that I don't think many do. So he can always be a major signing for WWE. Then there's like, so I, I've been watching wrestling for 20 years, even though I'm only 27. I feel like I'm a bit of an older skewing mind on this product. And then I go, guys like James Storm hmm. have never gotten a chance in WWE. I'd like to see them sign James Storm and do like a beer money reunion. That would be really cool. I read online that he was actually supposed to have some involvement with, I think, WrestleMania this year or some event with the WWE, and they ended up nixing that idea because of whatever reason. But I know he's mentioned before, and he, you know, he's wanted to do some work with WWE, but it always seems like the timing isn't right. He had done like a match for NXT on television in 20. 15 or 16 Mm -hmm. and then it just didn't fall through a fun fact AJ Styles theme song was actually composed for James Storm oh oh my god yeah and it just didn't happen but Paul Heyman had wanted James Storm in last year to you know work with the younger guys Mm -hmm. and I think he would be a great signing on that same vein you know Alex Shelley did the Dusty Rhodes Classic this year Alex Schell and Chris Saban would be an asset to any promotion. And I know that a lot of people wouldn't want to see them go to WWE because of WWE's propensity for dropping the ball with tag teams. Right. But Motor City Machine Guns do deserve a WWE tag team run at any point if they can get it. WWE recently signed two members of the Rascals who were in Impact and they decided to not sign one of them. Do you see that sole member that was not signed signing with WWE in 21 or do you think they're going to go ahead with the guys that they did sign? Well, Triple H has been very adamant about I love these two. These two want to be here. I don't know what went wrong there but something clearly didn't go as smoothly as both parties would have hoped Mm -hmm. i don't think we see trey miguel in wb in 2021 where do you see him do you see him maybe back in impact or somewhere Uh, else on the independence so he's got the warrior wrestling championship and warrior wrestling is essentially the pwg of the midwest where it's just like every major talent that you could possibly have under one umbrella. Mm -hmm. I kind of see him just floating, maybe going back to Impact for a singles run. Maybe he'll do AEW. But for now, I see him definitely floating. Now, one guy who's would likely never happen, but you can dream, is Kota Ibushi. His contract, according to the information we have at Fightful, expires in February of this coming year. And I just think it would be great to see Kota Ibushi in WWE. He did the uh, the Cruiserweight Classic, mm-hmm. and that would have been a great start for the Cruiserweight division. Obviously, he is well beyond the Cruiserweight level, or at least the level that WWE treats Cruiserweights. But Kota Ibushi coming into WWE, even if it's just for a six-month run, is something that I think a lot of fans would be interested in. Like, the, like, if WWE was to get Kota, they could do Kota versus Shinsuke. Obviously, that's Ooh, yeah, happened that would be really good. at Wrestle Kingdom. And Kota looks at Shinsuke as a god. He said this in interviews. Shinsuke is a god to me. But we could see that play out at WrestleMania. I think there is a certain level of fans that have soured on WWE's treatment of Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm-hmm. I think I am probably fall in that category as well. But... In WWE, anybody can be a major player overnight. Look at Jey Uso. So there's always the chance that even if they did pick up an Ethan Page, maybe Ethan Page is suddenly a world champion by SummerSlam. You know, you never know how things work. 
in WWE, especially in the modern era where we're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what we can get to stick in these uncertain times. Well, thank you, Robert, for joining me today. You had some great picks, and hopefully some of them do sign to WWE in 2021. Where can the people keep up with you on social media? Well, thank you for having me. And if you want to keep up with me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at DudeFelice. Check out everything we're doing over at Fightful.com. I'm still occasionally on the WrestleZone Daily podcast. I am often seen on the Rest Friends podcast. I'm basically, if it's on the internet and it's about wrestling, I'm somewhere in that mix. <laughs> and again, thank you for having me. This is fun. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. You can find all of our other episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCAST. Our new website is also coming soon. Let us know what you thought about the episode. What was your favorite part? We upload episodes with brand new co-hosts every week. Until next time, enjoy your wine, and of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers! Cheers.